with Sarah. That's What She Said with Sarah Spain is presented by Coors Light, the beer made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't forget to check out Laughter Permitted with Julie Foudy, which returns for season four this week. Julie's going to have Academy Award-winning actress Natalie Portman on to talk about how their co-owners of the newest National Women's Soccer League franchise, Angel City FC, This is going to be a great conversation from our ESPNW Summit. You can find Laughter Permitted wherever you get your podcasts. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Well, that's what she said. Welcome to That's What She Said, conversations with interesting people from the world of sports, music, comedy, and more talking about their lives, careers, successes, and failures. My name is Jordan Cornett. My dilemma, Sarah, right now is battling anxiety. I mean, I feel like everybody has a ton of it going on with the future of our society and country, um, with COVID as it looms large, and some people paying attention to it as they should, others dismissing it, an election coming up that is all important and critical to our future on November 3rd. A lot of anxiety there. Uh, for me and learning to manage that much like a lot of us in this world today. Well, I wish I had an easy answer for you on the anxiety issue, but I don't. And many of us, myself included, who don't usually have issues with anxiety are struggling from it right now. And lots of folks talking about low-level depression issues uh, with all the uncertainty going on in the election, everything else. And I feel especially bad for people who already were battling mental health stuff and now have these added stressors and added unknowns. Um, So my first best tip is to talk to somebody. A therapist is great or a friend, a family member, just getting things off your chest and sort of talking about how you're feeling can make you feel so much better and so much more in control than keeping it all inside. Second, get away from the news and your phone and the TV. Read a book, meditate, listen to music, go for a walk, uh, make some art, do things that don't flood your brain with information and opinions and, and bad news. And finally, a great one that a lot of people might roll their eyes at, but it actually works, is sit down at the dinner table at night or write in a journal, and every day think about three things you're grateful for or that went well that day. Because studies show that practicing gratitude and reminding yourself of those positive things can actually change your brain chemistry and cause you to more naturally feel thankful and happy and spin toward the positive even when things are tough. So uh, those are some steps in the right direction. They're not going to fix things right now for you, but it'll help. Um, And take it easy on yourself, which brings me to Shay. My name is Shay Cornette, and my dilemma is, and I'm not going to be as serious as Jordan with this one, but I think to go along with that anxiety, all I want to do is eat junk food and carbs. Um, (laughs) So I have been living off bagels and chips and sandwiches and vegetables are not finding their way into the fridge. And it's a real big dilemma considering winter's coming and I probably shouldn't start this habit this early. And also another dilemma is my husband doesn't rake the leaves enough. First time having a house and I really wish he raked the leaves more. Shay, I'm with you on this one because it's sort of alternated between thinking I should either be in the best shape of my life because I have all this time at home and fewer social engagements and I'm not traveling for work versus just allowing myself to enjoy comfort food and go out to eat while it's still warm enough to be outside with friends and not stress about that kind of thing when there's so much else going on. And I think you got to find that balance because in the end, there is enough bad stuff to not be an asshole to yourself about a bagel (laughs) that you want to eat. But if you feel better and stronger and more awake and happier when you exercise and feed your body good stuff, then that's pretty important right now too in terms of immunity and endorphins and all that stuff. So I would say find, find the happy balance there. And as for the leaves, have you seen these things? Uh, They're like leaf, they're called leaf grabbers. They're like plastic Hulk hands and they let you grab big heaps of leaves in your arms once you've raked up the pile. I think it would save Jordan a lot of time out there. So uh, give that a shot. 
leaf grabbers, I think, is what you need to Google there. The commish has spoken. My guests this week are Jordan Cornette and Shay Pepler Cornette, the married dynamic duo that you can hear hosting together on ESPN Radio Sunday afternoons. Jordan used to be part of the Spain and Company show before it turned back into Spain and Fitz. You probably heard him uh, hosting with me a whole bunch over the last uh, year or so. He's a former Notre Dame basketball player. He also works for the ACC Network. He's going to be a college basketball analyst and studio host and college basketball analyst for ESPN, too, when that season gets going. And then Shay, until recently, a Chicago-based radio host, sports anchor, Bears correspondent, is now hosting at Sirius XM, NFL Radio, and ESPN Radio, alongside Jordan on Sundays. Uh, so we talk about their careers and working their way up in the sports industry, how they met. Uh, Jordan gives a brutally honest take on Shay's early reporting work. Uh, they get into their big cross-country move for Jordan's job at ESPN and the house fiasco in Connecticut, to kind of put a, a pause on their new life together. And then what it was like to move and start anew during the pandemic, try to find a job, what it is to trust each other as co-hosts on the radio, and what might be next down the road. Uh, give it a listen. It was a lot of fun chatting with them. I think you'll like it. That's what she said. My first Married People podcast. I have had married people separately once, I believe. Re- Rebecca Lobo and her husband came on separately to discuss their careers. But together, it's Shay Pepler Cornette and Jordan Cornette. And I'm so excited to talk to you guys about career stuff, but also um, marriage and working together. I believe you are the first ESPN radio co-hosts that are married. Uh, so that's a fun distinction. Let's start way back uh, with uh, with you, Shay. Uh, tell me a little about where you grew up and, and what you thought you wanted to do. Yeah, I grew up in Chicago, um, born and raised. Never really lived anywhere besides Chicago up until now, besides college and things like that, but never veered too far from home. Um, and I loved every minute of it. I miss it. Now I live in Connecticut and it's my first time away and I miss it every single day. The food, the people, just being home. Uh, when I was younger, honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I I thought I wanted to be some sort of marine biologist. I I love fish and I love the water and I'm like, oh, this sounds like a fun time. And then I went to college and my first class in college was a public speaking course. And I had to talk about a chair for three minutes without stopping. I remember that was my first assignment and I went for like four and a half minutes on a chair. And my teacher was like, you know, you should really go into TV or something. You seem to like to gab. I'm like, okay. Um, And within that same year, I fell in love with college basketball being at Indiana University. So starting to cover college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, that all kind of just happened when I went away to school. It wasn't something that I grew up always wanting to do. Um, But I'm so happy that it worked out the way it did because it has been such a rewarding experience. Not only did I meet my husband through this, but also just I felt like it's always been like a good escape, like no matter what's going on in the world. And I know sometimes it blends, especially now, but, you know, sports or, you know, the last shot of a game or the last drive of a game, you know, it takes you away from everything that else is going on in your household. And and that is why I love sports. And that's why I love being in this career path. Yeah, that's so true. I, I'm curious, in junior high and high school, did you play sports? Nope, I didn't. Not I, at uh, all. Not at all. I was on the dance team, so always on the sidelines. Didn't play sports. I'm quite tall. I'm 5'9", so I always Yeah, yeah, asked, sure. Like, Jordan and I think that's really tall. 
Yeah, no. I know. I, I'm, speak, I'm speaking to a talk to the wrong crew. people. <laughs> totally. So I probably should have maybe signed up for like volleyball or basketball, but no, I always danced. Um, I, I but I grew up in Chicago. Sarah, you know, like yeah. the, I mean, my my family's pets' names were Ernie Banks and Wrigley. Like yeah. it comes with the territory, you know? Like you know, Michael Jordan still to this day, if I saw him, I think I would drop over. Like it's just you're you're a sports fan from the day you're born when you grow up in Chicago. So I think that's always been in me. Totally. Totally. Uh, Jordan, I know you played basketball, but tell us about being a kid. And I'm also curious because it has come up a million times in my life because it's just a fun fact about me that I was six feet tall when I was 12 and then I just (laughs) didn't grow anymore. But like when people are like, your parents didn't like sports. How'd you get into them? I was like, I was beating that ass in every sport (laughs) as a kid. Like I was dominating everyone. And like, you tend to like the things you're good at. Um, So at what point were you like, oh, I'm sprouting up and I better find something I'm good at? Yeah, you know, for me, a lot of it was, you know, coming up, sports was such a big part of everything we did. I mean, I was one of three boys. Uh, my dad was very involved in our sports careers. He coached us through in basketball. Uh, I played baseball. I played soccer. I was the middle child, and I always looked up to my older brother, who was about a year and a half older than me, and he was kind of that measuring stick for uh, how good I was or where I needed to get to. I was always following in his footsteps. So the backyard battles. Uh, they weren't really backyard battles because we didn't have a court. Uh, our next door neighbors did, and their <laughs> kids their kids didn't play sports. So they let me and my brother go out there, and it ended up with him kicking my ass on the court. And unless I beat him that game, then he kicked my ass afterwards because I beat him. <laughs> so that was a big part of it for me coming up. And I watched my older brother, to answer your question, Sarah, I watched my older brother come in as a six-foot freshman in high school and barely made the freshman basketball team. And then I watched him come through through his four years and go from six foot, ultimately graduating at at six, nine. So nine inches growth in that time in four years of high school. And a lot of colleges missed on him. He ended up going to Butler, who at that point was not very well known at all, um, ended up being a steal for him um, and and them stealing him and ended up working out great. Uh, But a lot of schools felt like they missed on him. Then I came in at about 5'11", and they're like, oh, this guy's going to grow too. And I went from 5'11 to 6'8". And the same thing, except the college coaches this time around knew that they were not going to miss miss the boat and uh, ended up making that move on me. And I had a lot of offers thanks to the path my brother was on. So my little brother comes in, and my little brother is a 5'6 freshman going through. And they're like, he's going to be seven foot five. He's going to be the guy. He graduated high school at 5'10". And the rest no. of him never became a player. Is he Perfect. still that height? He grew in college, Sarah. How about a kick in the gut? Ended up being 6'2 in college and, and never played sports, really. But as oh, a sports funny. fanatic. Yeah. that My dad was six feet uh, getting into high school and kind of thought, man, my, my dad's much taller than this. I guess I'm, this is what I'm going to be. And then and grew about uh, four or five inches uh, his junior year. So same thing where you're kind of settled in and then all of a sudden you sprout up. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to picture you playing soccer. By the way, I appreciate I'm watching you move around to avoid your dog's squeaky toy. Uh, I know. I'm that. sorry about that. It's, it's I- the life I live over here too. So you're fine. Right. Um, uh, I'm trying to picture you playing soccer. How long did you play soccer? Were you a goalie? So no, I was a sh- I was a striker. I was a forward. I could play. Sarah, remember I was like five. Okay, when four. you were smaller, yeah. Yes, I'm, yes. Trying, I'm just trying to picture you now. At <laughs> well, like six, eight. Just, it, it probably looked a little like when I played field hockey and I just took people out because they were all like five four. Yes, and I had some speed. I was, you know, what my first love was baseball. So I thought I was going to be a baseball player uh, up until freshman year of high school when 
the curveball became really a thing and I started to hit that growth spurt and everything changed. So that- there you go. There you go. All right. So you end up at Notre Dame, obviously a fantastic place to play basketball. Um, and, you know, at that point, did you think to yourself, after I'm done playing, I want sports to still be my life? Or did you major in something thinking I'm going to when, when I'm done playing, that's the end of sort of this as a job? Yeah, I think everybody needs to be self-aware as an athlete in those those sports that are very lucrative uh, moving forward professionally because there, there needs to be a decision made like, is this going to be something where I can make a lot of money or do I need to use this as the tool to open doors for other things? And I got to that point in, in college playing against the Carmelo Anthony's, the Emeka Okafor's, the Karan Butler's, where I pretty much knew early on I was going to be a a formidable college player. I was going to play a role. I was going to have great experiences. I was going to have a chance to be a critical part to winning teams, but I wasn't going to make money in the United States playing the game. So if I really loved it, I would have to go overseas. And to me, I just didn't have the love necessary to thrive overseas away from your family for sheer love of the game. And once I made that, that, that once I was able to recognize that my path kind of shifted, I, I really invested in the fact that the scholarship got me to an institution like Notre Dame, but what could I do with Notre Dame? And let's be clear, and Sarah, we've talked about this a bunch. College athletics use the college athlete. Mm-hmm. So the college athlete needs to understand that they have the ability to use the university. And I love Notre Dame. I love what they gave me. I love the people there. There's some special ones. But I was going to get my bang for my buck. And so there wasn't a journalism major. There wasn't uh, a, a television uh, pursuit there as an offering. And may, there may be one now, but there wasn't then. So I was an English major. I love to read. I love to write. And my parents were like, well, what are you going to do with that? And I, <laughs> in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I, I want to be a, a producer. I want to be a writer or I want to be a sports broadcaster. And so I was always in the ears of the guys, the camera men and women who were in there, the men and women asking me questions in the locker room post game. Because after a while, everyone's like, why are they coming to the guy who's scoring three and four points a game? <laughs> Given that the, good quote. <laughs> for the good yep. sound. And so <laughs> that was when it really piqued my interest. And from there, it kind of just, it really took off in terms of my interest and in starting to navigate past and say, how can I use what I'm learning here and the people I'm being in front of uh, to open doors for me afterwards? And that's really what got it going. But I can remember back to my younger days, you know, when I was watching games as, as a 10, 11, 12 year old. As much as I was watching MJ, I was listening to Marv Albert on the call and really paying attention to that side of it. So I knew early on it was in me. Still the all-time blocks leader at Notre Dame? Let's go. Hey, Sarah, you already know. All you right. already know. Right. <laughs> Sarah, that is snuck in a, an answer or a hot, nice to meet you at yeah. least every other day. Listen, okay? listen. I don't blame him at all. I don't. I had a couple triple doubles with blocks. That comes up all the time too. Yeah. It just did. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so you're working. I, I imagine Shay in at Indiana. Um, you were already interning. I'm I'm reading here at MTV and Showtime. So within the construct of college, you were already getting that like hands-on experience with some of those internships. What was your first job out of school? Uh, my first job out of school was actually with Big Ten Network. So Big Ten Network launched while I was in college um, in 2008, and that was the year I graduated. 
or maybe it was 2007. It was right around then. Actually, Jordan would probably know better than I because he he worked there right as it launched as well. So my senior year was the year that Tom Crean was hired because Calvin Sampson had had in, in, impermissible text messages and all these issues, and he was fired, and it was all this controversy on campus. So I was the only person that was interested in covering college basketball in my journalism class. And I said to my my teacher, my professor, I'm like, hey, could I just go out and get some sound from students? I'm going to send it into this new Big Ten network and just see if they want it. I'm just going to see what happens. He's like, okay, sure. So I went out and interviewed students just on what they thought about Calvin Sampson's firing. And you can imagine being Indiana, like the religion that is basketball there. I mean, these students were pissed, (laughs) for lack of a better word. So I ended up just clipping them off. I did an open and a close for it. And I sent it to Big Ten Network and they ran it. They ran a couple of times. Yeah. And they were grateful for it because at that time they didn't have the resources to be doing all these different things on different campuses because they had just launched. So that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. And then there was a a speaker, Coach Lavin, Steve Lavin, who was at the time, he's coached at different places. Now he works at Fox. But at the time he was working for ESPN. He was calling an Indiana, Ohio State game, I remember. And he talked to the journalism school before he had the call. And um, again, I was the only person in my journalism class that was interested in basketball. So I asked him after he spoke, Hey, like I'll be at the game tomorrow. I have season tickets. I'm in the nosebleed, but I just want to know what you think about the game or some blanket question that I'm sure was awful looking back. But regardless, he's like, Hey, why don't you come? You can be a runner. I'll get you a pass. You can be in the truck and just kind of see how it all works. So from there, um, I was able to meet some people and lucky for me, the other runner they had didn't have a clue what he was doing, <laughs> didn't know where to go. And I knew where to go. Cause I was familiar with assembly hall and whatnot. And so from there, then he also helped me kind of get my foot in the door at big 10 network. And so that was my first job out of college. And I was awful, Sarah. I mean, I just, I mean, I think we've all done this before, especially right when you graduate, you just, you don't know how to study. You don't know how to speak in the right proper terms. You just, you don't know what you're doing. So I definitely learned on the fly and it was probably the greatest lesson in television I've ever had that first year out of college because I made mistakes and my boss was like, it's unrunnable. You were worthless. I'm Ooh. sorry. Bye. Yeah. I mean, it, but it's true. And it's That's true. Tough. I was like, you're looking back. Of course I was. I was awful. So yeah. it was a great learning experience for me and I'm grateful for that. Job. I got, I got to jump in right there, Sarah. So Shay mentioned that in 2007, the, um, with the Big Ten Network starting off that year, I was one of the first hires working mm-hmm. alongside a guy like Dave Rebson. Uh, I was the guy that, that carried the bucket. I was the production assistant that did all the odd jobs, whatever they needed. So Shay, when that tape did come in of hers, <laughs> they always say, you know, the cliche, oh, the moment I saw her, I knew that was going to be my wife. The moment I saw Shay do that broadcast, it wasn't that. It was, wow, this is one of the worst people I've ever seen on television. <laughs> I was. I can't even be mad. He's right. I was awful. <laughs> she was like, she was so bad. But like so she bad. said, if somebody, if she would have had the opportunity to see my first opportunity on air, it would have been the same. To her credit, she hustled to get in that. Well, and position. they hired her somehow anyway. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So really on the bottom of the barrel over there, I guess <laughs> yeah. at that point. Uh, true. Oh, true. That was great oh. delivery too. I thought you were going to say not my wife, but that she had something. She was going to make it. <laughs> I no, was she was terrible. She was great. I was. Terrible. Um, <laughs> I did one sideline reporting gig for the Big Ten Network, and I tried to 
talk about a statue at Illinois and I said it weighed like a hundred tons or something absurd. Was, I mean, I really, I, I, I was, don't know. it was I know. just dumb. It was it's, really, it wasn't great. Um, so I was looking at all your many credits and they look very similar to so many of us that don't land at the main spot right away. I mean, there's people who say, well, I interned at ESPN and here I am 20 years later. I'm like, right. oh shit. Um, yeah. But no, yours is stadium, CW's morning dose, CW's you and me, Chicago huddle on ABC, the big 10 network celeb tv uh, a station in bloomington um all of those so like which which stands out as one where you're like that's where i figured it out or maybe that's the one that got you to your more prominent gigs in chicago but right before you moved yeah so it was definitely with stadium at the time it was total college sports then it shifted to 120 sports and then it ultimately became stadium but um i had two great producers there and josh wine and scott diener who really worked with me like shay Read this article three more times. You didn't get, you didn't highlight what you need to say on camera. Shay, do that again and emphasize the names and numbers, not the thes and this and that. Like, so they really worked with me on how to be good on television, not only how to like project and how to speak eloquently, but also, like I said, how to study and how to sound smart and how to highlight things that are important and how to, if you are on the sidelines, what are you? You're another voice and another set of eyes for the viewer. You're not just someone there watching the game. Like, don't read me what's in a stat sheet or on a stat book. Like, I don't want to know. So they really taught me that. And I had a lot of practice and I, I did sidelines. I hosted games. I did analyst work. I did everything. I produced. I literally did everything. And and within a year, I'd say probably this time, I felt like I really had it figured out. But I also watched a lot then. Like, I feel like in college, and Sarah, I don't know how you work, because I know you and I have had a few similar stops along the way. Right. But I don't know how you were, but in college, I'd watch sports, but I watch sports completely different now. Mm-hmm. I listen to what they're saying. I listen to the sideline reporters. I I say they miss this, like something I saw. I watch it completely different. And I think that's something you have to learn when you're in this business. And it kind of takes time and it takes reps. And and definitely at stadium or, or you know, TLC or whatever it was at the time uh, is where I, I learned that. And I'm grateful for that, that stopping point along the way. That's huge. Yeah. I, I talk a lot about my first real sports gig out in LA was, um, uh, cause I, I didn't, I didn't know I wanted to do sports until I was already living out in LA trying to do comedy and acting and stuff. And it was at Fox sports net and I had to watch NASCAR and hockey and all this stuff that like, I'd seen it before, but when you're having to figure out what the anchor person's going to say and the key moments mm-hmm. in the game, you actually have mm-hmm. to understand the blue line and offsides and everything else. And I remember I w- I'll tell people when they're worried about not knowing enough that in football, I would write punt for everything, even when it was a kickoff. I just oh. thought it was like the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, yeah, they're just like kicking it away. Um, <laughs> and my <laughs> boss was like, okay, that's a kickoff. And this is, oh, okay. You know, so you're, you're like dumb stuff that like, you know, my parents didn't watch sports. So I, I grew up watching it, but I wasn't listening and paying attention to the little Same. details. And yep. then you change it for, for, and you know, you change it even for just verbiage. I, when I started ESPN 1000, I would say, you know, the Cubs fell to the Reds, you know, four zero and no one says four zero. You say four nothing or four Oh, Oh yeah. It's just like true. really right. little things that make you sound right. like you're a part of the business. Um, so you, you work at stadium, you kind of get all that great knowledge and, and do all the different gigs. Right before you move, you had settled yourself really well in Chicago. You were doing all sorts of Bears coverage, uh, Fox 32's Bears pregame and postgame on site, field reporter, weekend sports anchor for Fox. Uh, uh, outside of the Bears stuff, you were co-hosting uh, regularly with uh, Dave Kaplan at ESPN 1000. Um, 
before this guy here uh, forced you to move and told you oh, that wow. his dreams were bigger and more important than <laughs> oh, you no. uh, did you feel like you had ended up like w- in a place that you wanted to be for a long time? Did it feel like still a stepping stone? Like where, what was, what was the feeling maybe even just a year or so ago? Yeah. So first of all, being from Chicago, covering the bears, look, the bears were lousy for a long time. I know they won a Super Bowl. That was before I was born. So they were, they were not good for a very long time. And so I remember my first season covering the bears, they were coming off a four win season, I believe Mm. four or five win season. And I remember being on the sideline, like, I don't care how bad they are. This is awesome. (laughs) I'm like, this is so cool. So I was so grateful to, to work for Fox and they gave me a lot of opportunity and the bears were great. They gave me a lot of access. And yes, I was doing ESPN radio as well. So I was working two jobs, um, terrible hours, which we all do in television. And I had a husband living across the country. It was a lot. It was a lot. So, but I felt really good about where I was at. I felt like I had really made a name for myself in the city I grew up in, which I was really proud of. I felt like I, like you could ask me and still probably, I mean, still could, but I was really in it. Anything about bulls, hawks, cubs, socks, bears, and I could give it to you. You know, like I had been in those locker rooms every single day. So I felt really, really good about where I was at. Unfortunately, we had to pick up and move, which is, it's part of life. Like, you know, I, Jordan got an absolutely wonderful opportunity with ESPN. And I always say this, if the roles were reversed and I had gotten that opportunity, I'd hope he'd be the same way and say, let's go. Like, when can we leave? It just took us a little time with football season and basketball season and and getting a place to live and all that. So we were living apart. So now I'm, I'm obviously working for Sirius XM NFL radio and also for ESPN radio. And I really like it, but my life has slowed down a little bit and I'm enjoying it because it was a little bit of a whirlwind the last two years before I left, like days off were few and far between. And him and I having the same days off were really few and far between. Sometimes we'd take days off in like Miami because he was covering a game in Miami and I was off on a Monday. I'm like, I'll just fly out there so we could go out for dinner and I'll fly home. Like that's where we were at. (laughs) So, so it's, it's been nice to be in the same state and have a little downtime. Well, it's not the worst year, not the worst year to have some downtime and to be mostly radio since you can do that during a pandemic from home and a lot of other gigs are kind of off um yeah jordan you were at big 10 network um i actually met you at big 10 network um with my friend bill i remember uh no freeman yeah some event um and then you you were also doing a a bunch of other non-straight sports stuff two years at the jam which i appeared on as a guest a couple times which was fun it was sort of you know morning talk show vibes um and and then you were also co-hosting at ESPN 1000. Um, was that all kind of simultaneous? Was it Big Ten for a bit before you started adding the other stuff? No, Big Ten, it was, it was kind of a leap of faith at one point at Big Ten Network because I was on the production path for so long and literally worked my way up from PA to associate producer to junior producer. I was line producing. I was in the truck running tape. I was a feature producer. I had done so much and I'd ultimately landed on a spot where they're going to have me line produce studio shows. And about three or four shows in, I said, this ain't it. This mm. is not the path that I wanted to be in. I loved feature producing a lot. I loved the rush of being in the truck. I loved uh, that remote crew life. I did not like studio line producing. And, it, and then those first couple of shows, I being the probably immature guy I was, was kind of loud about complaining about the spot I was in to friends within my circle there at Big Ten Network, not management. I'm no fool. Um, but I'd say to those guys, you know, this is, it's not fulfilling to me. Not that it's not a great gig. It just wasn't for me. 
And so one of my buddies, a guy who works at ESPN now, a mentor and good friend, a guy named Paul Urban, along with a guy named Mark Carmen, two guys I'm really close with and still are to this day, um, both former ESPN guys. Mark's now a Big Ten Network. Paul Urban's found his way back to ESPN and is thriving. And those guys said to me, hey, look, man, stop complaining. If this isn't for you, if this is what you want to do and you think you can be on air, quit and get an agent. Quit and get an agent. And they kept telling me that. And finally, I was just like, I'm going to bet on myself. So there's a connection within Big Ten Network who had left for that digital startup that Shea was talking about in 120 Sports Campus Insiders. It's now become Stadium. They took a shot on me. A guy named Josh Wine gave me my first opportunity on air. It was low risk, high reward because a lot of people weren't watching, but I was able to hone the craft. And so that's what got me to make that leap. While I was with Stadium is when the Jam Morning Show in Chicago called for that non-sports morning show. Another friend of mine who believed in me from working with him prior, Chris Jackson, said, hey, man, they're looking to go the Michael Strahan route. And I've always told people I'm not the poor man. I'm not the poor man's Michael Strahan. I'm the homeless man's Michael Strahan. <laughs> so I was like, this will this will be my opportunity. So through proving myself at other stops, people took notice of what I could do. And to with so much um, gratitude, I was able to be extended these offers and and it must have done a good job because while doing that morning show, I was also then starting to do ESPN one thousand. And in that time, I was discovered uh, on a national scale by ESPN to start doing games, do freelance stuff to ultimately bleed into the position I'm at right now. So I'm not going to sit on a soapbox and, and really give people that much advice other than just always bust your ass at whatever you're doing because you never know who's watching. Absolutely. And it was people who were watching that gave me these other opportunities. So where did you guys meet? At Stadium? Yeah. Yeah. Shay, you, you want to take that one? No, I'll let you go on. I know you love telling this story. Well, go ahead. Because <laughs> all it is is, yeah, we were working there together. We both come in at the same time in 2012, 2014, yeah, about, 2014, yeah. 2014. Yeah. And uh, we were both very happy uh, with our lives professionally and everything. And we were both well, in. What our you're trying to say is you both were in other relationships. Correct. Thank you, thank yeah. you very much. Wow, that was easy to read through. <laughs> That's why you see how I try to pass it to her, Sarah. She's right. She yep. didn't take it. She it's actually it. funny because that's exactly Sue Bird and Megan Rapino were on together, not married yet, so they don't count as the married couple I've had on. And it was the same thing. It was like Sue, why don't you? No, Megan, why don't? And I was like, okay, which one of you was already dating someone? I'll <laughs> like, tell you, like, it's always how it goes. The woman, the woman loves to talk, except in this moment. Really <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we are both involved with other people, great people, and those relationships. I would like to think weren't because of our connection at all. We were working together and we were friends, but those relationships deteriorated. And in that time, as we grew professionally and pr the opportunity presented itself, I mean, I'm no fool. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I always joke that she made the first move. Obviously, if you look at us both and you're around Shay for two minutes, you understand that it was me who wasn't going to let the opportunity slip through the cracks. Why is that? <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Be because she is infinitely better looking. She's more engaging. She's more charismatic. If you have to pick the two to hang You're out, very with, charming, Jordan. You I are with someone charming. when I met you, and I remember thinking, like, if I was, uh, if I was yeah. a lady, this guy is cute. <laughs> there, I need more think, of that in my life. Yeah, yeah. He just made his whole day. I mean, you to really be fair, though, I mean, it's been pointed out to me a million times that if you're at least four inches taller than me, you got a shot. Like, yeah. that's really, 
that's really <laughs> the starting point. And there I is some it. proof in my history where I'm like, well, he was tall. Yeah. And that's why when people people go, what is it? I go, I'm, I'm six, eight. Like, yeah. I'm you ever see playing. that, you know, unfortunately his name doesn't really fly anymore, but there was a great Louis CK where he talked about, he's like, you know, tall, skinny guys, you just walk into a room and you're like, uh, I'm here for the. <laughs> oh man, that's cool. He that's would cool. make that joke too. I would. Hey, hey, hey! Not you, not Louis you, C. Louis C.K. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say it. Thank you very much. So Jordan and I, we were really good friends, and we were both when we were both single. He asked me if I wanted to go to a Bulls game, and I was like. I don't know if this is like a date or this yeah. is like a friendly, let's go to a Bulls game. But I knew it was a safe place because we both covered sports. So I was like, either way, whatever, this is cool, fine. And he took me to a nice dinner before the Bulls game. And I realized, yep, nope. Where'd you go? Def- definitely a date. Guilt Bar, I think, right? We went yeah, to Yeah, Guilt Bar. For the tuna yeah. tartare. So how yeah. long after both of you, each of you were, were broken up did, did this happen? Uh, I, I think for me, it was probably four months, yeah. four or five oh, months. Yeah, four wow, or five so you broke later. up at the same time. Wow, isn't that convenient? It certainly <laughs> was not because of your relationship. Sarah, you're gonna get us. You're gonna get us in a whole lot of trouble here. <laughs> it wasn't. It was a little bit fuzzier than that. I think for both of us, like I don't know exactly when you broke up, but mine mine was a clean, hard date, and mine was about four or five months later. Yeah. Yeah, and mine was a long distance relationship. Was a clean, hard date. A little <laughs> fuzzier, yeah, a little more complicated. <laughs> yeah, so it was. Yeah, his was long oh distance, so you know, there's give yeah. or take. Mine was me. mine was long distance. And I was in my early thirties. Everybody knows how that goes. Right. Well, and you had a son too, so that's more complicated. I assume yeah. this yeah. was the mother of your son. Yeah. So no. that's that's a little more complicated. You want to make sure that's a full clean break before you yes. start uh, getting involved absolutely. with other stuff. Um, okay. So how I love I love people's love stories. Um, <laughs> how far into the dating process were we? Like, okay, we're exclusive. How far was it? Like the L bombs and all that stuff. Do you want me to go or you yeah, want me to mean? Yeah, you know, I like hearing it from you because I'm always the one who explains it. Okay, so I, I feel like, and if if anyone was friends before they dated, they'd understand this. It moves faster. When you're, you're friendly, you know each other's personalities, you know things about them that are personal. It just naturally moves faster. You skip the whole date where you're explaining your history and your right. life. Like We're figuring out if the other person's like a good person. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it just moves quicker. So I feel like when, once we started dating, I honestly, I don't remember when the L-bombs came or when I, I kind of knew that we would, you know, eventually get married and, and live happily ever after. But I knew it was fast because I had already known his character and his personality. And once we had a chance to kind of be alone and date, I was like, okay, well, this is a lock. I mean, this is done. <laughs> We're done for both of us. So it was pretty quick. It was pretty quick. How about you, yeah. Jordan? Well, for me, you know, having a, a child, um, watching how my son gravitated towards her when he'd come by and visit at work or um, if if they ever crossed paths and he adored her and the way he looked at her. And for a single father, I, and that is huge. I mean, that's a make or break part of it. You don't even explore potentially anything with somebody if that connection isn't there between my child and the woman I may potentially be interested in. And to see immediately the magnetism and how that flourished with every time they'd see each other. Let me know that, you know, my son's just like me. He sees the, the, the great things in this woman. And that kind of started to be that tipping point. And then I found myself when I was working with her, just admiring how she approached the craft. I mean, it's 
pretty basic shit, but I'm still like, wow, she's the <laughs> best. Like, this is great. And it just started looking at it through a different lens once that opportunity presented itself. And I just think it really started to grow and grow and grow. And what's been so cool about the whole thing, Sarah, is as we've won in life with small wins here and there, we got a ways to go. Uh, and as we've won professionally with small wins here and there, and we've got ways to go, we've all we've both done it together. So yeah. we were in this thing at the very early onset of our career and have kind of navigated through this thing alongside each other. And that's been really, really magical. Yeah, it's interesting to be aware before anything changes that you're in it for each other in that way because it can be complicated if you're in the same business and one of you all of a sudden hits it big. Of course, the other person's so happy, but there's this feeling in a relationship of looking in a mirror. And if what you see on the other side is vastly different from your happiness, your success, your everything, that can be tough for some people, not for all people. For some people, it's like, cool, I get to relax while you rake in the dough. But, yeah. but you know, I just remember I always think about... Uh, What's the guy from um, Parks and Rec who went on Chris Pratt and um oh yeah and his ex wife it was like they started dating and she was super famous and successful and he was just getting started and then it flipped and they just never made it through and who knows if there were other reasons but it, a lot of it felt like it was that he just became this massive star and uh, that was it that was a wrap. Um, yeah, that's like actually a really good comparison. I would say, look, I think it's human nature, like being in this business together. Like when he did get that opportunity with ESPN, I was like, ugh. like, I mean, there was a day of annoyance. Like, <laughs> I really, I'm going to give up <laughs> a day? maybe a few days, but I, I really, I got to give this up and I got to move as fancy national get like, uh, it's natural. It's human yeah. nature. But then when you really like sit back and talk about it, like I said earlier, it's okay. Look, if the roles are reversed, which one day they might be like, I support you and I want you to be happy. And if I'm really good at my job, I'll find a way, like I'll figure it out when I get there, you know, and, and hopefully we're on our way to that pandemic, not helping, but hopefully we're on our way to that. And it's just, you know, you kind of got to just take the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And that mentality almost changes a little bit too, because now it's, it's a Cornette family win, a, a Pepler Cornette family win in terms of, okay, now he's in the door. Now they'll get more exposure to me and my talent will speak for itself. And that's mm -hmm. kind of, what's happened already here with us getting our own radio show on Sundays and, and other opportunities that will come from it. That's not me helping her. That's just them now having the proximity. Opportunity yeah. To yeah. Lay eyes proximity. On. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. So let's talk about the move. So uh, Shay stayed behind to finish up the bear season and, and finish mm -hmm. up uh, uh, some gigs. Jordan heads out to Connecticut. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you know, there were some hiccups in oh, you know God. the house process. <laughs> That's that's putting it lightly, Sarah. No, oh, Jordan, go ahead. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. We, we we decided to build our our, our own house out here because my wife has an incredible eye at that kind of stuff. I've and noticed that from your Instagram. Can we get a tour sometime? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm always like, oh look at sure. that fiddly fig. Ooh, I like the I like the white couch. Oh, <laughs> pan to the left. What's over? Oh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, my my glow up by being next to her. I mean, I <laughs> the days of the 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 uh, flipping f was the food that I had. I had oh, one yeah. of those. You had a definite side table that was just oh, a gosh. great upside down. Oh yeah. Sarah, you're not kidding. Actually, she, really. Sheets, sheets that hadn't been washed in over a calendar year. Gross. Oh, God. One beer and mayonnaise in the fridge. So yes, when, when we got to the point where we are with Shay, it's been, nobody could have ever dreamed this. I feel every step I take in this house, like a man walking on the moon, I was not supposed to be here. Uh, but with it, you know, with that, came a negative, unfortunately. The idea of us wanting to uh, give Shay this project and watch her turn water into wine 
we bought a lot here down in, we're in the Fairfield, Connecticut area, and uh, we we're going to flip a house. And we are from the Midwest, and this is the Northeast. And we had to go off the strength of trusting the builder that we picked. We did our due diligence, studied up on everything, and, and got to know the area, saw some of his former projects. And got a recommendation, uh, too. So got, that, yeah, you had people that vouched for him. Yeah. Got the recommendations, did all that. Guy ended up being a shyster, made off with 75000 of our oh. dollars. And disappeared. That was just the early money to get him going. So luckily, we didn't invest any more than that, but took that hit. And now I, I don't trust anybody. I hardly trust my wife at this point. After that. Uh, it, it still finding that curve. guy, right? Trying to find him because he disappeared. Yeah, he yeah. disappeared. We can't find him. And in turn, I, I was going to move a little bit sooner. But after that happened, I'm like, I'm not, uh, we can't give up my, my paycheck now. Like we've right. got to earn some of that money oh. back. And same with him. So at the, t thank God for ESPN was helping us out with housing and things and, and, in Chicago, I, I was, we had already sold our place. So I was living with my mom. So I had free rent. It was a mess, but it, it luckily we were, I was able to stay out there a little longer. I stayed all the way past the Super Bowl a little longer than I was going to. And ESPN helped us out a lot and working together with us. And so then we were able to make up some of that money. We ended up buying a house a lot later. So a mortgage came a lot later, but still, I mean, it is not fun to each be. Now I'm traveling with the Bears. I remember the night we found this out. I was in Detroit. It was the night before Thanksgiving. Right before Jordan, Thanksgiving, yeah. The night before Thanksgiving, because I covered the Bears Lions on Thanksgiving Day. I'm in Detroit. Jordan was in, I, I think either Ohio or Florida, one of the two, because it was the night before Thanksgiving. We're in two hotel rooms, screaming at each other, crying, not sure, like uh, whose fault is this? How do we? Right. Like it was such a mess, and I'm like, this is not, this is not good for a newlywed couple mm. that's trying to figure it out. But uh, you know, like anything else, time heals wounds, and. We've, we figured it out. Honestly, we're in a better situation. We're in a better house. All things are good, but it was a few months of really hell. <laughs> but but that being said, Jimmy Pataro, if you want to throw us a little bit more money, coming up, <laughs> we'd Make appreciate up that if you're, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> um, okay. So you end up out there, you do find a place that looks beautiful from Instagram and you're settled in. So Jordan's now working at the ACC network and hosting Spain and company with me most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, so you get out to Connecticut, you had your newlyweds. Like you said, you got married, uh, I think June of last year. Yeah. Yeah. June 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness you got it in, in 2019 <laughs> instead oh, of 2020. Tell me about it. Um, and so your newlyweds and, and Shay, for you, what's it like? I mean, are you just immediately putting out feelers for anything in Connecticut, in Bristol, in New York, anywhere near where you're going to be moving? Yeah. So when we were, when I was still doing radio in Chicago, um, luckily one of the producers at ESPN 1000 knew a producer, uh, who's now my boss actually at Sirius XM NFL radio. And they had been talking and he's like, I know Shay's moving out towards, New York, if you need a host, she knows football really well. She covers the Bears, blah, blah, blah. And so it was so funny. My boss now, his name's Nick Pavlados, called me and and's like, hey, I want to do a test with you, like a, an audition. Okay. We, uh, I want to do an audition, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm taking my notes. I'm writing things down. The An hour before I'm supposed to do this audition, they, they explain it to me in plain terms that it's a live audition on the air. I'm like, okay. I mean, whatever. The ones you've been right. doing you radio, yeah. it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. But still, I was like, 
I had no idea. And this mm-hmm. is also my first time doing national radio. So I was like, oh my gosh. And it was the middle of the NFL playoffs last year. Oh, wow. It was coming off the Baltimore Titans game. I'll never forget um, where the Titans knocked the Ravens out of the playoffs. So luckily there was a lot to talk about. So it, it obviously went well. But when we were planning on moving out here and I, I ended up getting that gig, I was planning on going to the Sirius XM Studios, which is in New York City. Where we moved in Connecticut is halfway between Bristol and New York. So I, I was under the impression I was going to be going into the studio two or three times a week. There's a ton of Sirius XM channels and I would be networking and doing things. Well, then I go in one day and the next day the world shuts down. So I haven't been to those. I've only been in those Sirius XM studios one time and I don't know when I'll when or if I'll ever be back. Yeah. So things change, but I was lucky enough to get that gig before I moved, before everything shut down and before hiring freezes started to happen. And I'm grateful for it, especially with the NFL, because the NFL was one of the few leagues, as we all know, that didn't totally shut down. They still went ahead with the draft. You know, they didn't really pause anything with free agency. So there was still a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's wild to think about, too, like all of us that haven't been to our offices or workplaces in such a long time, but at least we were there once and met all the people and you were there for one day. One day. Crazy because I do most of my radio and all my podcasts and everything from a closet in my house in Chicago, which is great. And I feel so lucky I can do that and stay in the city that I love. But so often I have to be like, texting my co-host and be like, who's in the room over there? I can't recognize that voice. I forget their name or like, I've never met them. Who is that? Uh, Because I'm, you know, I'm not sitting in a studio like I was for the first however many years of my career doing local stuff. Um, And so it's pretty wild for you to have a job with an entire company full of people you've never met in person and a place you've been to once. Um, Let's talk about your Sunday show. I believe you are the first married couple to host an ESPN radio show. Um, How did this come about? And was there any concern at all about working together? Um, I'll I'll go first on this one uh, because Shay probably has the better answer. Uh, It kind of came together when I was um, removed from the Spain and Company show. I think that was a request made by Sarah Spain. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not true but, not my, not my but, i'm not in charge of that shit <laughs> just, just, totally kidding you and jason fitz were uh obviously meant to be and uh so happy for that to come back together it's been so fun to listen to and knowing what i had coming on my plate it was definitely so many people reached out like are you okay and i was like this was what was inevitably going to happen so i think the, the the narrative was a little skewed there in terms of i knew that was coming um, it was the proper decision. Jason's a heavy hitter and you two together makes sense. I was moving into a football obligation and other things where I knew uh, radio wise for me, I was going to have to take a backseat regardless of even if they made that move. It was the proper move, whatever. Moving forward to an opportunity that presented itself, um, they then called and said, we have a, a weekend offering uh, doing a show one day a week on Sundays. And I think you might like your co-host. And I was like, this should be good. They're like, we'd like to see if contractually we can make something work between you and your wife. We know how good she is. We've been listening to her on Sirius. Uh, we know what her, her background and resume is. And we're always about chemistry on the radio. So I would hope you guys have a little bit of it. What if you didn't? And I know. What so if it, it was awful? Everyone listening was like, these people are married? What? <laughs> they don't even know each other. Like the George yeah. and Kellyanne Conway radio. <laughs> 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 so I Gosh. literally I literally went from working with one strong woman who is so gifted at cutting me down with the quickness <laughs> to another one. It's been really fun for me, Shay. Easy transition. <laughs> yeah. I got him ready for you, Shay. Yeah, I, I, pre- 
appreciate that. He he does say that sometimes. He's like, hey, it's like we didn't skip a beat. I'm, I'm like, telling I know. you. I, I always said Sarah was like felt like my wife Shay. Remember work when wife, I said yeah. that? Yes, work and wife, like yes. it's now it's really that. It's really it is. That. It's true. It's that's a good thing, Sarah. Strong opinion. <laughs> um, I'll take the part about hesitant to work with one another. We had done some oh, yeah. work. We had <laughs> we had done some work together. Obviously, that's how we met at Stadium, covering college basketball together. And then there was a few times in Chicago uh, during like Christmas or, or New Year's where there everyone would take time off, or we had hosted together on ESPN One Thousand. So we had done radio and TV together before. So as in terms of being nervous or, or uncomfortable with working with him, absolutely not. I think the only thing that's different now from the last time we worked together, we're both much more experienced in radio than we were before. So so I'm coming in like, hey, listen, you don't know everything. I also do national radio, okay? And he's coming in like, I already work at ESPN. You don't know everything about ESPN. So together, I think at the beginning, we were both trying to figure out who was going to lead and who's, you know, those kinds of things. But after I think two or three weeks, we we found our groove now. And it's been wonderful. Honestly, it's, it's natural and it's easy. And you find you don't need as much prep because – you, I almost know what he's gonna say. We watch the games I was together. Say, your your show prep instead of like the hour before is like a week's worth of hanging exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We watch the games together. So like I know his opinion on Justin Herbert. I heard it last night. Right. You know, and, and so I don't need to be like I had to have a different angle than him because we already talked through it. So it's just the almost the prep and that those kinds of things are are much yeah. easier when you're working with your significant other. But Shay, you're you're kind of giving it lightly here, and I pl- appreciate you maybe not air dirty laundry but you but were going to go you, ahead you were you were scared shitless to do this <laughs> because you were like i know how condescending you can be and act yeah. like you know everything <laughs> and yeah, just because you're the guy here at espn you think that you know how this works and i kept saying shay the construct is different here at espn uh-huh. than it is at serious and there's no right or wrong it's just different let me tell you and I, this is true. This let me tell you some of the things I learned from Sarah, and, and, you, and I kept trying to tell you that stuff. And I thought it'd be received well. It no, wasn't, wasn't at all. I wasn't having it. And I was so, like, "You do not know everything <laughs> always." So there are a lot of fights leading up to the first show. We finished yeah. our first show, and everyone's texting us like, "This is great. You guys did such a great job." And we didn't speak to each other. And I go back. <laughs> we didn't. He's right. We were, and, I was pissed. And I go back and replay what the show was like, and I realized I was handholding mansplaining on 10 the whole show. Sarah, Sarah, other people didn't hear it. They thought it was like, or they were just like, it sounded just like you two. Yeah, they were probably saying Jordan was being being Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) And so what I learned was you're you're so worried that the product's going to be good and it's a new space for your wife coming in that I made the ignorant assumption that she would need to be helped into this till she got her feet wet and got going. And I ruined that first show with the arrogance to think she didn't know what she was doing. And then we made a big decision to say, hey, not only did I make the mistake, but you should be driving the show, Shay. (laughs) And so she's been driving the show and it's been night and day from where that first show was. So I was in the way in the beginning. And it's, it speaks to a lot of things to the men out there. Like, Hey, sometimes almost always 
shut the hell up and get out of the way. And for me to shut the hell up and get out of the way has really helped us with the show. I truly believe. He was trying to protect me. He was yeah. trying to be sure I didn't misstep or miss. But it was either. stupid. And I, I was pissed after that first show. I'm like, stop. If I make a mistake, let me make it. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I've made a million in my life. That's how I'll learn. Like, it's going to be fine. So yeah. I was aggravated afterwards. <laughs> and then we had a good talk about it, as, you know, most relationships do. Good one. through it. Yeah. And now now it's a, lo- a lot better, but it's just, yeah. you know, he was just trying to help. I understand. It's tough for sure. It's tough too, because um, there's a certain politeness between coworkers, even coworkers who are good friends that does not exist in a marriage. Like there, right. there's no one in right. life that you talk to, like you talk to your spouse, even a sibling maybe gets a little bit more kid gloves than the spouse where all the yeah. gloves are off. Yeah. And so at work, like something that no one else hears and you're like, this mother. <laughs> I can't believe and have no one listening has any idea but like it's something he said that you always fight about that he you know like I want to punch him every time he took out Bill Murray and Caddyshack uh, it's a terrible thing <laughs> great movies he is a funny comedian um, so I understand your frustration um, so what's next because we're running out of time here and I'm curious you know big picture Shay do you miss doing TV do you want to get out of just doing radio whenever you know, the world is back open again. And then Jordan, as you work your way around ESPN, what are you liking and wanting to do more of? So I definitely want to get back into TV. Yes. Um, I'm very fortunate to have these radio gigs, as we know, during a time when the world is kind of shut down and not a lot of studios and things are open. Yes. I would absolutely love to get into TV. I will say this though, Sarah, I don't know how you feel, but in doing more radio, I've done more radio in the last year than I have in my whole life. And I feel like I know and have learned so much. Radio it is- will it will make TV. Yeah. It'll make TV that much easier for me because since I left Chicago and whenever the next time is I'm on TV, I've done all radio and I just feel like it will be so much easier for me. Um, but yes, I would like to get back into TV whenever that is hopefully soon. I don't know. Yeah. And for me, I, I love radio. I, 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 and I'm not saying this because I'm on with you, Sarah, that was some of my favorite work. And I would tell you that all the time working alongside you in a consistent basis, like that was so rewarding for me. I, I'd love to uh, be on the radio a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I found the, the right partner for me <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms of, you know, us finding that groove. Uh, me and you had a, had a great run, but you're obviously on to, to big and better. Um, for me, I, I'd like to keep doing some of the radio stuff for certain. Uh, I've also really become enamored with the hosting role that I've taken on with college football and doing the, the Saturday huddle show working with Coach Mark Rick, DJ Manuel, and Eric McLean. And in that role, I've kind of discovered something that's wildly different than being the analyst. And it's it's almost like an ownership of the show. It's not my show in any way, shape, or form. But I get to be the point guard, distributing the basketball, and having the ball in my hands like that, and setting guys up for the good shot and the winning play has been very rewarding for me. I really like that, the the opportunity to defer to the guys and learn. So much I've learned about the game of football in this position. I, I do like do like the idea of exploring more hosting roles, um, but being an analyst, there's nothing like that as well. I love calling a college basketball game. This year it'll be different. We won't be in the environment um, that we're all used to, but to still analyze the game is something that's always come naturally to me. I take great joy in that. 
So I think ultimately, Sarah, I probably didn't answer your question at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you want to keep pursuing all of it, which is totally. Yeah, that's what I not, said. You're not going to hear an objection from me. I'm the one who's like jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, Just keeping up it. balls in the air. No one will notice. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think. I, I always love talking to Jamel Hill about how she and Michael Smith just formed this friendship and then essentially said, we want to work together. So they started doing a podcast just so people could hear their chemistry that got them to numbers, never lie and his and hers and everything else. Eventually the six. And um, it'd be really cool for you and Shay, if you keep working on who you are professionally as a partnership, the same way that Michael and Jamel were work wife and work husband, your actual wife and husband, but um, chemistry is it. And there are so many examples you can see of that, whether it's PTI, which is no different than any other show. It's just two guys. You know, there's a rundown. There's a couple little quick, you know, visual gags or, or tricks that they have. But for the most part, it's about Tony and Mike Wilbon having a great rapport. Jesus and Marrow, especially when it was oh. the stripped down Vice version, is just two dudes hanging out with a bear behind them. And it mm -hmm. was amazing. And it's all about it's all about wanting to watch the people who are giving you the information. It's the information too. But who's giving it to you and why do you choose them? And so, you know, if you guys have that chemistry and it's fun to watch, like you you could do huge things with that, which is super exciting when you find sort of your your person at life and work. Um mm -hmm. right, before I let you guys go, you have to do the one thing that everybody does and nobody expects. Didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. It's the nope. Spanish Inquisition. Number one, Shay, what's your Desert Island album? You can only have one. Um, it would be Garth Brooks' Greatest Hits. Oh. Jordan? Uh, Jay-Z, The Blueprint. Number two, what habit or quality do you think has contributed most to your success, Jordan? Uh, I learned this from you and others along the way. Outwork everybody. There you go. Shay? Uh, being outspoken and personable. That's good. Uh, three, Shay, what would you consider your biggest failure? Mm, uh, my inability to time manage properly. <laughs> I'm sure that goes over well in the household and at work. Uh, Jordan, how about you? I would say under, I, and this is probably a podcast for another day, but really being real about it, I look forward to having this conversation at another point, but having a 13-year-old son not being prepared in day one to be the father that I wanted to be mm -hmm. and easing my way into that is not a luxury that anybody should enjoy. And it's one of my greatest regrets. I'm the father that I'm proud of now and have been for years. Um, but in those first few years, I, I think I could have been infinitely better. You learn and you grow from it. Yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, Jordan, number four, have you ever been in a fist fight? Yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm undefeated, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always my follow-up. Did you win? Um, I mean, you're a big guy, so I would yeah. like to, but you're also kind of a, you know, you're softy. So I wasn't yeah, sure true. you're more likely to be like, I don't want to hurt anybody. Just stop trying to punch. <laughs> that was me. Oh, I, no, no. Girl no, tried no, to fight me in college and I was like looking down at her. I was like, I'm not fighting this little girl. Like I'm <laughs> break her face. Uh, what about you, Shay? Nope. Never been in a fist fight. Nice. Uh, she'd, get, she'd get her ass kicked. Let's I, be I totally would. Yeah, yeah I would. You'd be like, hold on, let me take my earrings off. Yeah, like, I don't really want to do this. Can't we just talk just about my nails it? Done. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, please. Um, number five, Shay, if you could switch lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? <gasps> oh, that's such a good question. Uh, oh, God, who would it be and why? That is a good question. Um, 
Shoot, Jordan, do you know yours? I do know mine. It'd be Michael Strahan. I really think it's cool how he maneuvers between those two worlds. It's something that I've always had an interest in and how he makes it work is incredible. I could add a more elevated answer. That's what comes to mind right away. Yeah, and you finally have a house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that too. I don't have a good answer for that. Let me think on it. Oh, come on. What's the first thing that came to your mind? Michelle Obama. But a lot of people have said that. It's a great answer. That is, but I, I, but it, I don't know if that's the right answer. Let like me tell you, question. I don't know. Let me tell you, my my grandfather, my grandmother, who's no longer with us, would have loved that. It would have made you a black woman, and she would have been a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number, the top answers are Beyonce, Barack Obama, and Michelle Obama. Those are like the top three that I often get, and rarely do people pick someone outside their gender, which I find fascinating because I would immediately pick someone that was the opposite gender just to see. What it's like. Yeah. Like I like, wasn't even considering him. Yeah. yeah. Russell Wilson Russell Wilson did that the other day. He said he felt like Sue Bird. I know how out there playing. And I loved it. I loved so it. Great. That's a great point, sir. Um, number six, Shay, what's the most embarrassed you've ever been? Uh after a broadcast when I mispronounced someone's name and gave the wrong stat. Oh, definitely. Perfect. On TV and I got ripped apart on social media. <laughs> definitely. Whose name was it? Uh it was a long time ago, but it was Terrell Pryor. And I called him Tyrell Pryor, and I gave the complete wrong stats and and the wrong final score. I can't believe I just admitted that. I mean, listen, true. we've all been there. It's, I told yep. you she was bad before. <laughs> I was bad. And I got ripped on Facebook. I'll never forget. Oh, it's terrible. Jordan, how about you? Uh, mine's really easy. I could go back to that moment. It replays in my mind all the time. I was in my mid-20s. I was working at Big Ten Network. There's a gym, the Bart something Barton gym, below Big Ten Network. And it was like this highfalutin gym where all the pretty people worked out. And there was a row of treadmills. And I was in my mid-20s in peak shape, <laughs> peak shape, Sarah. And I was I was on like my sixth mile on a treadmill. I'm hitting my stride. And there's all these like um, stay-at-home moms who take care of themselves and uh, about the town, uh, all in great shape, working out on the treadmills behind me. So I'm trying to really speed it up and get my groove on a treadmill. And it's six eight. I miss. I turned to the left and looked a little too long and missed my stride and fell slower than anybody you've ever seen to my knees, to my knees, rolled off the treadmill, chin plant off of it, blood gushing everywhere. Three big buff trainers come over. You are right. I'm fine. I'm freaking fine. And I I stormed out and I quit the gym that very day. I've never been in that shape ever since. Oh my God. That's ridiculous. I understand understand in the moment. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, you're embarrassed, but like you quit the gym and like stopped, stopped exercising forever. Uh, And now I get the juice for Charles Barkley. It's all because of that baby. I know. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Number seven, Jordan, what's the thing about yourself you'd most like to improve? Is it your reaction to falling off a treadmill? <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I, I'd want to- Coping skills. I'd want to become a better um, a better listener. I think everybody likes to speak first rather than listen, digest, and then speak. I'd rather uh, take the ability to process before being quick-witted with my response. More cerebral. Very good one. Shay, how about you? Uh, slow down. I'm, I move too fast. I speak too fast. I run into things. I trip, I break things. I misspeak. Sometimes I just move at a pace. I need to just slow down. A little that was bit. a fast answer. If you could exactly. find both of you, that would be me. 
I need to yeah. shut the hell up and listen more. And I run into shit all the time. All the time. <laughs> I used to take an extra second to accomplish uh-huh. anything. Yeah. But Sarah, I think that's part like uh, of being kind of like a strong-willed female too. Like you feel like you have to do everything yes. all the time in record timing. And it's just, it's yeah. not a good quality sometimes. I always say all the women I've had on this podcast are like, well, you know, I spoke three languages in college and then I studied in China and I was already freelancing for, and then the guys are like, well, I liked sports. And so. <laughs> Um, number eight Shay if you could be commissioner of life for a day what one rule would you enforce that all of society would have to adhere to be respectful please oh my gosh there is none of it left it is horrible you, you see it at the grocery store you see it on TV you see it in presidential debates I hate it everyone be respectful you don't know everything it's okay to listen it's okay not to agree be respectful that's a good political platform right there. Uh-huh. I would vote for anyone who's like, you don't know anything. Be you nice. Don't know anything. <laughs> just listen. Jordan, what about you? I mean, I, that's it. I, I hate to piggyback off her answer and I hate to take it too far, but respect, man. Yeah. Like, it's disgusting. I'm raising a 13-year-old in this country and, and I, I'm sad for what it's become on either side of the aisle for that. And and as, as a, a black man in this country, um, the, the simple things that we're asking for, not black man, black women, uh, minorities in general, uh, marginalized people, um, to see how they're treated in this country. And then on a larger scale, just how people just dismiss people and refuse to listen and say the ugliest things about each other and can't come together on the most obvious things that we should all support, but they feel like it makes them lose politically if they stand in line with things that are so obvious. It's disgusting to me. And I still love this country. Not going to be one that says, I don't want to be here. This country's awful. It's not. It's a beautiful place. We just have to be better with respect, man. Yeah, I completely agree. I was watching The Social Dilemma, and I think one of the things that stood out to me the most was this idea of like people just living in different realities. But that was the scariest part, is if all the things that you search and read and look at are completely different than the things everybody else is getting, then you're all going to live in your own realities and there's no connection points. And because of that stubbornness, like you said, to feel like, let me make sure I align with my quote unquote side, instead of thinking critically about an issue, then it becomes like a such a desire to be right and to fall in line with what you already stated as your your opinion that you can't like we need to normalize the idea of like I learned some new stuff and I changed my mind (laughs) that that used to be something you could do like I even brought this up when it came to Michael Jordan and LeBron on my podcast yesterday on, on the Spain and Fitz I was like I was like we're at the point now where like you don't even enjoy LeBron because you're looking for the one stat that you can find that will tell you that he's not that great. Like, what are we doing here? Just I know it's okay. It's it's going to be okay if you're wrong and we all just admit to it every once in a while. Um, Jordan, number nine, what's the most scared you've ever been? Oh, wow. Most scared I've ever been. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, most scared I've ever been is is the day that I lost my older brother. Um, August 16, 2016, he died, uh, passed randomly of a heart attack. No one could have predicted it. It was something that was my worst nightmare come true. And all of a sudden, I had to become the oldest child in our family. And the person that was my my role model, my idol, the guy whose footsteps I followed in, was no longer here. And I didn't know if I could go on. And I, I this is not cliche. I, Shay knows this full well now. I've said it so many times over. If I didn't have her... Most importantly, and others around me, like my son and my family, I don't know if I'd still be here. I was literally in such a dark place where I didn't think I could go on. And I didn't get out of that haze for a couple of years. 
Uh, and now I can look at it with a silver lining and through a foundation we started in my brother's name. But that day was the scariest day of my life. Yeah. How about you, Shay? Uh, I was living alone after my last breakup and I had a handyman that was essentially stalking me for lack of a better word. And um, yeah, it was very scary. I was traveling a lot for work. I was covering big 12 and um, mountain West football. And I would like come home and I could tell someone had been in my place and it was, it was scary. So uh, I had, I got a dog and I was grateful to have that dog with me and everything ended up being fine. But I was, there was a few weeks there where I was scared to come home every single time. Oh, that's brutal. That's awful. Well, she, you've also been hit by a car. I mean, you could have gone with that one. I've had a gun pulled on me. We probably had a yeah. few scary We've moments. We've had a few scary moments. Yeah. yeah. You brought home a human being that you had to take care of. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that qualifies. <laughs> Shay, what, uh, what three words would you most hope that people would use to describe you? Oh, okay. That I would most hope. Kind, um, generous, and thoughtful. Jordan? Um, warm, loyal, generous. Those are good. You guys sound like really nice people. (laughs) Too bad I know better. (laughs) Um, And then finally, who should I have on the podcast? Do you guys recommend that I should talk to who's fun and interesting and cool? Uh, that's a good question. You know what? My, mine is, and I know you, I think you've already had him on, but I think Pablo Torre is one of the funniest human beings in the world, but I know you've already, I know you've already had him on. So Shay, while you think of yours, let me think of another. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this is uh, this is like female who work in sports situation. But I talked to Michelle Tafoya on um, this women in sports special I did for NFL Radio, and I th- I thought her and Amy Trask were two of the most yeah. interesting females that I had ever spoken to. Um, they just have different perspectives. They're good storytellers. Yeah, I had Amy and, on, but I haven't had Michelle. That'd be a good one. Yeah, and I thought Michelle was... Michelle just has been in in this business for so long. She's covered multiple leagues, as you know, like in the M- NBA and the NFL, and she knows these players. I also feel like she has this different kind of respect that it takes some time, I think, for women to get in this business. For sure. And um, I just thought she was a great storyteller, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think she's really good. Uh, I've got two. I just thought of them. Um, I think Nate Burleson is so incredibly interesting. Okay. I would love to hear from him. And then Shay also got me into Windy City Rehab. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Allison I Victoria. Can't, I can't think of the, What's her name? Allison Victoria. Yeah. 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 She would be interesting. I would have to figure out if I'm getting the real story. I'm trying to figure I, out yeah. what this season two Season two, where they're like making it all Dom's fault. I'm like, is that true, or just just that yes. she wants to keep the show? And so it's if they make it clean and make it about him, then she can move forward and have people believe that she's trustworthy. But what if it was both of them? I'm trying exactly. to, I'm trying I to figure to it out. I need. To I know do really part. like that show. The house three down from ours was one of the houses in it, so it was really fun oh, to like nice. watch it. After. I'm just, I love yeah. her style. We just feel like she uses a little bit too much gold, and I know gold is a lot involved. of gold. And then, it's like, I, I don't know if it's always realistic that she spends so much on certain pieces, even though they look cool. Because a lot of people are going to come in and change those. You know, you got to make sure you're not investing too much. And then my husband's a realtor, so he's always like. This is ridiculous. They didn't include closing costs. <laughs> like he's like count. Like it's kind of like that used to be that show, like uh, thirty dollars a day or whatever with Rachel yeah. Ray, but you oh, never yeah. tip. And you're like, no, you did not. You did not spend the amount of money you spent <laughs> because you have stiffed the wait staff. You have yeah. to include a tip. 
What are you doing? And so Brad's yeah. always like, well, with closing costs, and then he didn't account for whatever. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right. Um, but she would be an interesting one for sure. Uh, this yeah. was fun, guys. Thanks this for coming fun. on and chatting with me. Um, when can everybody hear your Sunday show? Uh, Sundays, 1 to 4 p.m. Okay. Eastern. Sundays, Eastern. 1 to 4 Eastern. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll uh, check back in a couple years from now when the uh, Shay and Jay uh combo is you know running espn and i look forward to it. you know don't forget the little people i, I love that sarah, I, thanks for having us on this is a lot of fun we really appreciate it yeah sarah and thank you for all you you've meant to me in my professional career and also as a Aww. friend you, you've given okay. me so much advice along the way and you're you're a treasure to the company and those who know you know and for those of you who don't you should really read up on what sarah's done because what you've been able to create for yourself is incredible Oh, we're keeping all this in. Also, I'd like to thank uh, like to thank the Apple company for letting me do this entire podcast using my iPhone as a hotspot with no go. power. Uh, shout out, shout out to Apple. That's what she said. It's time once again for South Bitch Sessions, where I rant about something that bothers me and I fix it. But this week, I'm not going to rant about something because I'm going to rant about all the things. Because there are too many things to complain about right now to the point where I actually feel guilty trying to complain about something like I have in the past. Like people who don't appreciate deep dish pizza or people who stand in the middle of a sidewalk and don't pick a side and walk slowly. Those are not important. There's a 8 million important things to bitch about right now, many of which I can't even say on this podcast. Hi, Mickey Mouse. So I'm just going to say that one day if I snap, it's probably going to be about this. And by this, I mean all the things right now. All the things. I literally have to step away from all of my electronics and other people and lay in a room and listen to Taylor Swift or pet my dog or go for a walk. And that is the only way I can escape from all of the things that I want to bitch about and that are stressing me out and that are making me consider renting a cabin with no internet connection beginning around 6 p.m. on November 3rd and staying in perpetuity until I don't know when yet. That is yet to be excited. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's it. Okay. I feel good about what we accomplished today. Absolutely nothing because nothing is in my control or power and I can't fix anything or solve anything right now. And everything is terrible. There, I fixed it. No, I didn't. Don't forget to go to the iTunes or podcast app, subscribe, rate and review. That's what she said. Five stars, obviously. And, uh, keep giving me some of those dilemmas and questions. I keep promising them from the live pod. And I promise one of these weeks I'll get around to doing it. Cause you guys had some good questions. Thanks as always for lasting about an hour with me. That's what she said. <laughs>